Howdy, folks. So, uh, a few little topics I'd like to touch on about the horse market business, what it's doing, how it's doing. Um, so we're, we, uh, we just saw, we, we've been in Billings, Montana all weekend and, and, uh, we just saw and participated in the highest sale that's ever been conducted in Billings, Montana for averages we saw a uh a metallic cat stallion that that i've actually watched and known for several years he was trained by carol shriver uh uh he sold for a hundred thousand i think he was five or six years old he's probably six um you know pretty good horse uh we saw a lot of them sell uh you know common everyday using horses 10 to 15,000. You know, we, we sold a pretty nice head horse to some repeat customers. Uh, he was a ranch horse, barrel horse, just a, just a good all around using horse gilding, six years old, blue roan. He brought 32,000. Um, I sold a real green four year old mare for 8,000. And then, and then, uh, we sold a real nice two year old stallion for 15,000. And that one, that two year old belonged to my son, Ethan. So, uh, Ethan bought a really nice head horse last night too, late in the night, only give, you know, 10,000 or something for him. So, uh, anyways, but one thing that I've noticed and I, I, I don't mean to, you know, chuck rocks or anything like that, but I'm just kind of calling everything as I see it. So, uh, I don't have a problem with people trading horses. I don't have a problem with horse traders. I don't have a problem with grocery store runners because they're bread and milk traders. Okay. I don't have a problem with car dealers. They're car traders. I don't have a problem with real estate agents. I don't have a problem with cow buyers, cow traders. So I don't have a problem with horse traders either. Most of them horses at that sale were not trained by the people that brought them. Okay. Uh, I, I would probably say the majority of the high-selling horses were not trained by the people that brought them. And that's okay. Now, I can honestly tell you that the horses that we took to that sale were trained by us. Uh, the the six-year-old Gildan wasn't only trained by us, but we bought him as a long three-year-old from the man that raised him and they had started him, but we were the ones who actually trained him to have an occupation, to have a trade and go be competitive, whether it was roping or barrel racing or ranching. My wife had hauled that horse for the last year all over the North Texas and won quite a bit on him. I'd hauled him as a head horse. I'd hauled him as a turnback horse to most of the big cuttings in Texas. And, uh, I mean, I mean, he was good enough horse that like I could go to Fort Worth and, and go to the practice pen at six o'clock in the morning at the fraternity and I could put my little 10 year old boy on him and my 10 year old boy could just trot him around, turn back, trot him around, turn back and, and the horse would perform and do everything excellently. So, so, uh, you know, we were proud of him. We were proud to ride him, proud to represent him. We were proud to own him. And we knew that if he didn't bring $20,000, we were going to take him home. So I'm, I'm you know, pretty happy that he not only brought 32,000, but that he went to the family that, that he went to, because we've, we sold that family one other horse years ago that, that we topped the Nile cell with. And that mare, uh, was, was one of our very, very favorites of all time. So, so we're glad that some repeat buyers and the right people 
the the good you know the ones we would wanted to buy that horse bought that gilding now but i i'm 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 just gonna probably offend a few people maybe they're my friends maybe they're not whatever but but i'm just gonna call it as i see it so the ranch horse okay when that horse walks in the cell barn and the man in the saddle ain't packing a lariat and even if he is you can size them guys up pretty damn quick whether or not they can use that rope you can size if you if you've been around you can size them up quick when that horse is butterball fat when his tail drags the ground, when his mane is 14 feet long, when he icks like a halter horse, totally finished, there's a decent chance he is not gainfully employed on a ranch. Now, for example, I've seen like like Miles Baker, wonderful guy, wonderful trainer, and I mean a real-life freaking cowboy. He might have, he's got some horses at the Rancho Real Sale, I noticed, in Arizona. And they've got long manes and long tails and their show shape fit ready to go. And he he will tell you they're good on the ranch. Well, I will tell you this, they really are. But they probably have not been being ranched on for quite a while to get them in that show shape. Okay? Because when I tell you Miles Baker's a real cowboy, he, I mean, I'm not kidding you. He, he's what most cowboys wish they could be good cowboys wish they could be he, the guy's just a hand he's a horseman he's a roper he can build them horses outside and then take them to the arena and him and trevor can finish them so so when miles tells you he's good on the outside okay and that he's a real good ranch horse he he probably i mean guarantee it, he really is because that guy ain't gonna lie to you he don't give a shit what you think but he probably my point is he probably hasn't been really actively doing it for a while to get him in that show shape so that wasn't my point. My point was when you go to a sale, like I, I watched a, a big blue roan gilding sale and, and the guy that sold him, I really like him. I really like that guy. Matter of fact, I, I consider him a, a, a good friend and acquaintance for sure, but a, a, a guy I can say hi to and shake his hand every time I see him. Well, I stepped up next to that horse at the preview and I had a rope in my hand because I was fixing to show a rope horse. And that horse he was riding, his eyes bulged out of his head, and he was going to flat frickin' set sail. Now, what the hell kind of ranch horse do you have if you can't rope something on it? Listen, ladies and gentlemen, and all you people that say, well, I'm a rancher and I don't rope, horse frickin' shit. Because whether or not you own 20, 30, 40,000 acres, I don't even, 20 acres, and you've got one cow or 4,000 cows, Somebody somewhere with a damn good horse that can handle a rope is getting the job done. Okay? So a good ranch horse has got to be able to be roped on. And a good ranch horse, a horse that's being actively ranched on, he's not going to have a tail big and bushy and drag the ground because there's a really, really good chance the sagebrush and the cactus and the and the thorns and the trees and all that shit's going to pull it out. He's going to get mud and shit in his tail from trotting up and down the alleyway, shipping cattle in the fall. And going through the boggy crails and the muck, calving cows in the spring. Okay. So he's, he's, uh, the good ranch horse is probably going to have a lot of mane pulled out, especially close to the saddle horn because you've been roping shit and dallying. Anybody that knows what I'm talking about knows I'm telling the damn truth, and that's how it is. Okay. A good ranch horse is not going to have his eyes bulged out of his head when he sees somebody stand there with a rope because chances are he's had about 4,000 head tied to a rope that was tied to him. Well, somebody doctored them. 
Okay. Now a good ranch horse, that doesn't mean he's just overly gentle and deadheaded either because a good ranch horse will keep them ears up. He's going to be awake. He's going to be able to outwalk everything, out trot everything. He's going to be able to go for most of the day or all day. He's going to be able to run. I mean, flat freaking run because he's got to run to a cow. He's going to, that, that good ranch horse has got to be able to watch a cow. You know, that, that horse that we sold yesterday, that Gildan, I settled the cattle for the cutting preview on that horse, and that some bitch would whack a cow better than every cutting horse in there. I mean, serious. And he wasn't my show horse. There were so many of them freaking horse traders trying to pawn their pieces of shit off his cutters. None of them had ever won a damn nickel on them. But, but, but my point is, that horse of ours, you know, the good Gildan, he wasn't, he wasn't a show horse. But he's seen so many freaking cattle, he knew that when that cow turns, I better freaking get on my ass and go with it. So, you know, there's all different types, of, but, but, you know, you, you can't say that, that, like, I talked to some guys from the Midwest. They was from Indiana. They were asking some questions, and they were talking about ranching, and they says, well, how, how much, how much, you know, land do you own? And I says, well, I don't own as much land as a lot of people. I don't, you know, I mean, a few hundred acres is probably all I really have that I, that I own but as far as, you know, lease ground, we lease thousands, okay? And I don't hide that. I'm not going to tell you exact numbers because that's my business, not yours. But we do lease thousands of acres. We have to, to run that many cows. And their eyes kind of bulged out of their head. And they said, oh, the ranch is where we come from. They're like 50 to 100 acres. And I said, sir, they ain't ranches, they were farms. There's a difference. When you go out to Kentucky... Bob Gonzalez taught me this. When you go to Kentucky and you see all them beautiful thoroughbred farms, they've got horses, they've got flowers in front of the barn, they've got white, black, brown painted wood fences all around 50 acres or 100 acres or 20 acres, beautifully mowed pastures. Those are farms, okay? Horse farms. Ranches are for cattle. So when 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 you live in a place where ranching is important, you're gonna you're gonna understand that uh, that horse does in fact serve a great purpose, and that's to get the job done. And you know we do, we we can't we do ride a lot of colts outside. But when we have a real job to do, like we don't, we can't really ride the colts because we've got to be able to get the job done. And I know a lot of people say, well, you can do it on a colt, whatever else, but they're not getting it done. And I can't afford for my cattle to not be gathered, for my calves to not get sorted, for my cattle to not be doctored or, or whatever we're doing because I'm riding a colt. You have to take a good horse. So we take the colts on the days that we're really not doing anything but prowling pastures and checking cattle and just easing on through them. But when we're, we have a specific goal in mind, like we're going to gather cattle today and um, we're going to sort off heavies, we're going we're gonna to sell some calves, we're going to, you know, ship some, you know, open cows we're gonna preg check we gotta sort a bunch off we gotta rope and doctor a bunch or whatever else we're, we're probably gonna have to ride a fairly well broke horse you know 
And I've had I've had people that want to ask me about day work and stuff. Can I come day work for you? I've had a few people come and help me and whatnot. And if they're riding a dink, I just flat tell them I ain't paying you. Get out of here. You know, you're going to go help somebody, take a good horse. If you want to kind of ride along and say, hey, you know, I've got a colt that needs some outside experience. I would really like to come and just be with you guys, give my colt that experience. I'm, I'm probably not going to pay you for that, but you're welcome to tag along. And that's how, it, that's how it's built. But them good ranch horses, they earn a living. And they're probably not going to look real, real fancy if they're actively being used every day. You know, and they're not, I guarantee you, they're not going to be butterball fat. You know, and all you people need to keep that in mind too when you send a horse to a trainer. You keep your horse at home, your little baby, and you don't work him. And he's fat and he's shiny and he don't have to do a goddamn thing but stand there and take your money away from you and eat. And then all of a sudden you send him to somebody and they go to work on that some bitch and he starts getting in shape. There's a difference between fat and fit. And we've we've got a society now that thinks that if them some bitches ain't freaking butterball fat that you ain't you ain't feeding them. But the bottom line is you can feed a lot of horses as heavy as you can feed them. And if they're getting worked, they're not going to be fat. Period. I mean, they're just they're just not. They're, there's there's no freaking way. And you can tell me that, you know, especially with ranching, you can say, well, we work them too. We work them every day. But I'm going to tell you something. When you go out there and you ride for 12 to 15 miles before you find your cows. And then you got to start gathering the cows and going along and you're going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And you're keeping your cows in a bunch and you're herding them to the krills. And then all of a sudden you see a cow up on a hill. You got to go get her. That's what makes a good horse. And that's why them horses ain't going to be fat. And they're going to get beat up a little bit. You know, we, we, uh, one of my, my biggest pet peeves is I'll, I'll just ask you this. Them spoilt kids that got their own bedrooms, that get Twinkies and Ho-Hos and all the pizza and all the junk they ever want every single day. And they're never bothered by anybody else. Are they good kids? Are they well-behaved kids? No, they're not. They're really not. But you take a kid that has to share a bedroom, has to get along in the locker room at school, maybe even take a poor kid that has to freaking, you know, help at school and wash dishes to pay for his lunch. You don't really have to do that in America anymore because... God forbid. My cousin did that. My dad had a sister. And uh, they didn't have a lot of money. And her daughter helped wash dishes at school so that she could have school lunch. No shit. But somebody felt sorry for somebody having to actually work and earn their way. So they got in the middle of that. And now you get free lunch. You don't have to work. I'm sitting outside my motel room doing a podcast. Well, my wife dolls herself up to look as beautiful as any woman I've ever seen. And I've been that. And I'm sitting here watching. I bet I've watched a dozen people walk out this motel room door this morning to have a cigarette. One thing I've noticed about all of them, none of them really give a shit to look presentable. They're all in sweatpants and pajamas. And they're all fat. And they're all smoking cigarettes. They have no pride. 
One thing I can promise you, ain't none of you ever going to see me in my pajamas. A t-shirt and sweatpants? Nuh-uh. I got a starched denim shirt on, blue jeans, and I wear a $1,000 cowboy hat. Because I work for it. Back to this ranch horse deal. Those kids that have to earn their way, that have to learn their place. Hell, they're just like the good ranch horses. But them fancy, fancy horses that get hauled in a trailer with dividers and never get kept in a stall or their own little run and they never, ever have to worry about fighting for nothing. They never got a bite mark or a scrape or nothing like that. Them horses ain't... They might look good, but when they get them home, most people don't enjoy riding them. But them ranch horses that have seen the rigors of war that have been thrown on the frickin' stock trailer with eight head of beef cows rooting them in the belly and pushing them all around because you're on the mountain and you got to get home with cows and your horses in one load. Them good ranch horses that'll run. You know, you, you, you some bitches want them arenas perfectly groomed. And then we have to run a cow down out in the middle of the rocks and cactus and mesquites at 100 miles an hour. Not some little 400-pound roping steer that's been trained to run in a straight line. Zigzagging, darting through the bushes, jumping over frickin' rattlesnakes and everything else. That's what makes a good horse. Them horses that get that saddle pulled up tight before daylight and get it jerked off after dark, that's what makes a good horse. And even though they might not look as fancy and shiny and pretty right now, when you get them home... You're going to want to ride that son of a bitch long before you want to ride that one that your buddy bought that's so fat and shiny and pretty. And every time you stand another horse next to it, it squeals and it kicks and it paws the trailer and it can't walk in a straight line. It's got to prance sideways and it can't stand in the box and it can't stand still and it can't just ease on down the trail or out through the pasture. Because it has no patience and it's been underfed, underworked and overfed. Just like them little spoilt kids that grow up in their own bedroom and their own iPads and their own iPhones. And their own clothes and their own bicycles and everything. Their own pizza and their own lollipops and all that shit. They're the spoilt little bitches that nobody can get nothing out of. They show up to school with the fanciest clothes and they look the cleanest and the sharpest. And then in 30 years, they end up standing outside a motel in nothing but their sweatpants, smoking cigarettes, looking like nothing but a freaking crackhead. Because eventually somebody shuts something off. And that don't happen all the time, but they don't contribute to society. Neither do none of them fancy horses. But them ranch horses, them good horses, them horses that are made on mile after mile, day after day. Yeah, they, somebody might look at one and say, that horse will be a pretty damn nice horse when he gets 100 pounds on him. But the reason he can't have 100 pounds on him is not because the rancher didn't feed him. The rancher stuck him out there in a krell with other horses. On a ton bell, he could eat all he could eat. If another horse whipped him off, he had to learn his place in the pecking order. Sometimes it does them horses just a little bit of good. And they'll be good horses for the rest of their life. And that's why today we have so many people spending so much money because the shiniest apple sells first. The squeaky wheel gets the grease. So you got all these horse traders out there that figured out how to use their social media to advertise and push these horses, but they ain't building them. Now, I sat there last night next to my real good friend, Cole Thorson, and he told me that he's going to bump his numbers from 40 to 50 head of broodmares this year. 
He said he's already got a dozen Colts sold, and they're in their mama's bellies. They're not even born. He sells every one of his Colts, and he buys the horses that are bred like he wants them to be bred like because he believes in his program. Doesn't mean it's the best program. That means it's his program. That's what Colt Thorson does. And and we sat there and I watched and Colt contributes. And he builds a good ranch horse. So as I go to the sale today, I'm going to look to buy some horses. And now that y'all know what I'm looking for, I'd recommend y'all look for it too. Because you'll notice that them good ranch horses, they might have some nicks and bruises and battles. Okay? They might have some marks and beat-ups and whatever else. But I'll guarantee you they're obedient because of it. I'll guarantee you that you're not going to have the issues with those. Now, granted, there's there's rats in every industry. You know, some of these people are going to tell you they, they use them on a ranch and everything else. But, hey, when this guy is at every freaking horse sale in the United States of America, from coast to coast and border to border, he ain't ranching. He's trading horses. And there's nothing wrong with that. Just as long as you know it. I've, I've bought and sold a lot of horses in my life. A lot of them. I had to. I had mouths to feed. But the bottom line is, I don't have a problem with any of those. But just keep in mind that some of them really, really shiny pretty horses may not be as good as that one that had a little bit longer hair that had been kept outside and wasn't quite as fat, but never gapped his mouth, never wrung his tail, and rode right between them reins and that rider's feet. Because he'd spent his whole life staring at the south end of a northborn cow through a bridle. Okay? That's that's where them good horses... Now, now, granted, like I told you before, there are some really shiny horses out there that have done a lot of ranch work. But most of them haven't. Because ranching is dying. And the ways of the rancher. We don't have a four-wheeler. We don't have a calf table. We don't have a side-by-side. We do it because I love it and I believe in it. So, just a little bit of advice. And like I say, I don't have a problem with horse traders. I really don't. You don't call the guy at the grocery store a milk and bread trader. Okay. I mean, you call the the guy at the motel that works there? You call him a room trader? No, you don't. The guy at the tire shop, he buys tires for $80 a piece. Sells them to you for $120 a piece installed. You got the feed store, buys a bag of grain for $10 a bag and sells it to you for $13, $14 a bag. You call him a grain trader? No. And they talk about horse traders like they're so bad. You know, I I seen several horse traders there this weekend. Live right there in North Texas. A lot of them I'm really good friends with. Do I think they're dishonest crooks? Absolutely not. They're great guys. They're just running a business. Do they have them fit and fat and shiny? Yeah. But they might not make a living the same way that I do. Maybe that's why they have more money than me. But I do it because I love it because I'm not driven by money. Keep that in mind. So I'm not somewhere on the plains of Texas today, although I'm heading back to Texas this afternoon. But I'm going to I'm gonna head back on into the horse sale and see what I can get bought today. Because we do always have to reinvest. You know, I'm looking for young horses, yearlings and two-year-olds. Something that I can train and do my deal on. Have a good one, folks.